The second reading from the revelation of Jesus in chapter 22. John writes, The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. But let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The Word of the Lord. It's like when you're writing a letter or a special card and you're getting to the last bit of space. What are you going to put there? I am so excited about how we get to celebrate the close of our church year tonight because we are in nothing other than Revelation chapter 22. We're in the last inch of space. We get to see that um, that part that God fills in right before he is content for the Apostle John to roll up the scroll and run with it. What's God going to put in there when he says his last, his last thing? Page 1253 in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along. This is a beautiful section of scripture that we heard earlier, and an opportunity for us to pay close attention to the final wrap-up, how God kind of buttons it all and, and ties up the bow and, and allows his prophet to go and share this message just this way. It says something about the nature of God's word and it, the nature of the words we're going to hear tonight. That God is satisfied, that God is content with everything that he wanted to show. He has shown everything that he wanted to say, he has said, and now he's ready to put the button. He's ready for it, to go out. And it's a special part of scripture for that reason. There's no other close of a book of scripture 
like Revelation 22. And we're at that precise moment where the angel says to John, and this is everything, and that was it. Uh, This was all that God wanted to reveal to his servants about what must soon take place. And it lets us know something, not only about God's word, having everything that he wanted to say and everything that he wanted to show, but it moves into our own lives and how faith is meant to be lived. And that our faith in this world is meant to be lived without blank pages, without space and gaps of missing information, And if only God would have said a little bit more, then we really would have comfort. It's faith that is meant to be lived without potholes, missing pieces, but something that's full and complete, fully prepared and equipped by God. So tonight we are going to attack with the word of God, anything that isn't full, anything that isn't prepared and equipped, I'm going to refer to it as something of the middle ground, something that is lackadaisical or apathetic, something that is listless or something that just um, is stale. And God is going to fire it up. God is going to bring it to fullness. He's going to urge our view of that. And one of the ways that the angel starts is by saying, these words are true and trustworthy. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if I'm the apostle John and an angel has just revealed the entire book of Revelation to me on some island, the first thing I would be thinking is not, I really doubt that anything he's said so far is true. I don't think I would need the reminder that this is true and trustworthy. But such is the nature of our faith. And you know it, that we very often and sometimes willingly allow pop-ups, potholes to form in our faith. And cracks and crevices and problem spots and areas and places where we really want God to fill in more information. We allow that all the time. And it's this angel's job from God to look us in the eye as he did the Apostle John and say, now you take this to heart. You messengers, you believers and followers of this Lord, these words are trustworthy and true. These words are true and trustworthy. One of the things that makes that extra special is when you review the book of Revelation, you see how these words are not random facts and figures that God has given to us as if he wanted us to win on trivia night. But he has told us a special story in the book of Revelation. Do you remember how some of the storytelling goes? You start with this beautiful vision of Jesus. Glorious Jesus. And he stands among seven lampstands, which are seven churches, And he has these seven stars that he holds in the palm of his hand. There's the messengers to the churches because this is how he is the word. He communicates and he lights them up. He makes them glow and he stands among them. That is true and trustworthy that God stands among and with his church. He preaches to it. He speaks 
to it. He makes it glow with the comfort of his love. He lights it up with the fire of his forgiveness. You think about what that seems, and now the angel is telling you, by the way, that wasn't just a pretty sight. This is true, and this is trustworthy. And you know what happens after that? And then I looked, and heaven was open. The gate to heaven was standing open, and there in heaven was a throne. And the one on the throne was holding a scroll in his right hand. And everybody is wondering, who is worthy to open the scroll with its seven seals? Who's going to open the scroll and reveal the mysteries of all things to us? And then I saw one who looked like a lamb, a lamb that had been slain. The lamb was worthy to open the scroll. This is what we have below our altar. It's the lamb on a book with seven seals. Who is worthy? You are worthy, lamb, to open the seals to us. And so the lamb of God. What's special about this? Not just facts and figures. But God is telling you what he wants you to know. It is true and trustworthy about life. And he opens the seal. And you have five seals that are opened and there's there's plagues there's disease there's famine there's war there's persecution and you know what seal number six judgment day and all the wicked are held to account god is telling you i got this i know that it's bad i know that you experience all these things that take life away from you but This is true and trustworthy. I'm the boss. I am the Lord. And I am God. And I'm doing my thing. Watch me open the seals. This happens according to my my book. And then the seventh seal is opened. And the seventh seal starts the next set of uh, seven, which is seven trumpets. And who's got the trumpets? It's not the devil who's free to do whatever he wants. It's not some other foreign power. But it's the angels blow the trumpets. And the angels highlight through these trumpets the destructive force that is heresy and false teaching that goes in the world. The greatest injustice of all is when people lie about our dear Lord. And blaspheme his name in this world. People, according to those first seven seals, you can lose your life physically. But to lie about God to the harm of people's souls. Now that's bad. But you know how the seven trumpets end? With judgment day. And the punishment and wrath of God. He's got this. And of course, you get through. I, we have to can't just do every chapter in Revelation together, although it'd be fun. But you get to the war against Satan, the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the vision of one who reigns forever. The new heavens and the new earth, God with his people and perfect glory. This is true and trustworthy, says the angel. And out of all these things, when you see how, how serious all of this is, it comes like bursting onto the, into the next verse, comes bursting forth the Lord Jesus' own words. And he says, 
I am coming soon. Look, I am coming soon. And by this point, I think you have a little bit better sense of who that I is when you remember all of Revelation. I, the one who stands among the churches. I, the one who is worthy to open up the seals. I, the one who's the lamb who is slain. I, the conquering hero. I, the word that is faithful and true, riding on the white horse, my gospel going out into all the world. I, the one who is the only living left standing on the last day. I, the one who lives and reigns forever and ever. I, the one who will be with you in the new heavens and the new earth. I, look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps all the words of the prophecy of this scroll. Blessed. He just has to say it. They're like, duh, yes, blessed, eternally happy is the one. Many of you have heard um, about how my brother-in-law, uh, 45 years old, was taken to heaven uh, this last month from cancer. Um, my godson and um, two nieces um, are grade schoolers. Um, he married my sister 15 years ago. God gave them 15 years. God used him to be the father, a husband. What does I am coming soon mean now? What is blessed is the one who keeps all the words of this prophecy now. That's just an illustration for what it's like to read the book of Revelation. You come face to face with what is most important. And there at the story, at the heart and core of the story of our lives is nothing other than I, the I, who says, I am coming soon. And there's nothing greater than the words of the prophecy of this scroll that are true and trustworthy. Truly blessed is the one who keeps them. Truly blessed is the one who keeps them. He's in heaven, is he not, my brother-in-law? And so will we. Is this not the most precious thing? Doesn't it not just flip the, the script of your life and turn it all upside down? Forget what we see with our eyes. Let us live by faith. Oh, it's so much better. Our eyes are, are, are a sorry excuse for living. Our eyes, are, they ruin us. They just don't, they don't work. When you just see death and problems and evil and uh, lots of false teaching running rampant in the world, it's, it's all, um, it can take you nowhere. It leaves you completely empty. But to live by faith, to live by these words of God, to hold on to the true and the trustworthy, to, to keep the words of the prophecy of this scroll. Now there, is, now there is strength. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying when he says something like, I am coming soon. He's giving you a word for faith. He doesn't say, I'm coming soon on January 20th of this year. Because he doesn't need you to get a calculator out. He wants you to live by faith. That's your place of strength. He wants you to dive into the words. That's your place of strength. He doesn't say, I'm coming. Oh, it's going to be a long time, dear friends. It's going to be a long time. He doesn't say, I'm coming in a long time where if you'd have a hole left in your heart. 
What does he say to you? He says, I am coming soon. No matter how long we struggle and do battle in this fallen world with all the trouble around us, let that be a word your Savior says to you tonight. Soon. He's so close. He's right there. These true and trustworthy words. The Apostle John, as you probably could expect, fell down and worshipped. Foolish Apostle John wasn't thinking about whom he was worshipping so much, I don't think. He fell down to worship the angel. And the angel says, wait, don't, don't worship me. Worship God, but do worship. And I thought about why does he fall down before the angel and kind of get this easy thing wrong? Obviously, we should worship God. But I think you can sense how the Apostle John is feeling like he's on the other side of a great chasm. Here is this angel who has revealed so much to him that is true and trustworthy. So much to him about his God who is coming soon. So much to him in the words of the prophecies that are written on this scroll for him to keep and be blessed by. So much. I'm just like, wow, you shared that with me. I am this, I am learning to listen. I am learning to hear. I am in the needy position. You're in the supplying position. You're so different from me, angel. And I think feeling that distance is a little bit of what worship is. That we would see how majestic, how wonderful, wondrous is the Lord our God, especially in the Lamb who was slain, is the, the mystery of God's love for us. It leaves us, the jaw hits the floor, the knees hit the ground, right? That is worship. But it's also something else. Worship is a place where all the holes have been filled. I don't think you worry and worship at the same time. I don't think you're afraid and worship at the same time. I don't think you can feel ashamed about your guilt and your sin in your life and worship at the same time. But with the words of this prophecy, those who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb, those who will be crowned with eternal life because he was slain for you, those who can follow in the wake of his wonderful victory after victory over all things death, hell, Satan included. Now there, I've got some patched holes. And in that quiet joy, I can just worship. Just worship. This is what we do together. We're all going to have these shared experiences here for the rest of our lives of what it was to worship God together. You're always going to know what it looked like to see your Jesus, to hear his word. That worship spills over in a special way, in pointed application, as the, the angel says to John, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll. 
do not seal it up. In other words, keep the Bible open. Keep the words coming off your mouth. Tell each other what matters, like an Uncle Nick to my godson, like a godparent to my godson. We have a mission for one another to get to heaven together. Don't seal up the words of this prophecy. These are the words that people need to be saved. Don't seal it up. Let it out. Again, there's another messy middle where I think if people don't respond right away to the, or, or with energy or curiosity to the words of Scripture that we stop sharing our faith or, or getting the words out of our mouth together that God has given to us. But that's not what the angel says. He says, don't seal it up. If the wicked continue to be wicked, didn't this kind of sound funny? They let them continue to be wicked. Let the vile who are vile continue to be vile. But let those who are holy by the blood of the Lamb continue to be holy by the blood of the Lamb. Let those who do what is right continue to do what is right. That's what God's word, when it's not sealed up, always does. It gets everybody out of the middle. You can't be neutral with God's word. They'll either persist in rejecting it another day and another time because of what you said, or somebody will be fed by it and nourished and strengthened, and they will continue in their way. You see the the wedge that is made by the word of God? This is what the angel says. Put it to work, dear Christian friends. Let this word out. Don't seal it up. Let this happen. Let the wicked, if they're going to be wicked, eventually maybe you even shake the dust off your feet, said Jesus. But go and feed. Go and feed one another. Go into combat with Satan's lies. Fill up holes for other people that they may be holy in the one who is holy. Look, he says it again, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Listen to those words, true and trustworthy. Jesus is saying that there is nothing that's going to get in his way from achieving his goal and the outcome. He is the beginning and the start, and he has everything in between. It's all his, and his reward is with him. And a phrase that could be, I suppose, misinterpreted, that he'd reward everyone according to what they have done. You have to remember what he said in Matthew chapter 25 for a little help. Because I think on the surface you say, I don't want him to remember or give to me according to what I've done. I haven't done well enough outwardly I look just like my neighbor and my neighbor doesn't care about God at all. But remember what Jesus does. Jesus judges believers on the basis of the gospel and all he sees is perfect you. It's all he sees. And the record on the last day because of what he's done is a record you weren't even keeping track of. Do you remember Matthew 25? When, when did we see you hungry and give you food to eat? When were you in prison and we came to visit you? When were you sick and we took care of you? I don't, we don't remember doing this. We're not paying attention to our works because our celebration is your works, not mine, O oh Christ. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. That's very different from your neighbor who doesn't know God or believe in him, isn't it? Jesus knows the difference between the sheep and the goats. And his reward is with him. 
He's got it. And there is nothing going to get in the way of him having his day with you and rewarding you according to his cross and according to his perfect life. There's nothing that will stop our Alpha and Omega that will keep our first one from being our last one, our beginning, our beginning Savior from being our end. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray that God the Father bless you in every way and that the Holy Spirit get rid of every sinful middle inside of you and inside of me and fill us with the fire of his love and that our Lord Jesus would preserve you in faith and guard and protect you by the truth of the gospel, true and trustworthy, and someday would keep his word. And I know he will when he says, I am coming soon and soon turns to sight. Alleluia and amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.